talk today about one sign of maturity, and the pathway to maturity means this, that we walk by faith. Walking by faith. Faith, we're going to look at some scriptures here. Hebrews 11, verse 1, says this, Faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things that we cannot see. So this is what faith is. I'm going to just give you a, a basic example of faith. Okay, and I've used this before, but just so you get it. If you, how many ever fly anywhere for just fun or business or whatever? When you get online and you get an airline ticket, then what you do is you, you, you put your credit card in, you pay for it. It sends you a confirmation note. It sends you a confirmation. Mr. Jenkins, you, you have just reserved a ticket for this seat. Here's your seat number. Here's your flight number. Here's all this, and it gives you that information. If I'm flying somewhere in November, I have a confirmation sent to me today that says you have a seat on this plane, this particular airline, this seat, by this window, in this row, and this number or this letter. Okay, this is your seat. Now, I have that confirmation way before I see it, way before I even get to the airport. There's a confirmation that says... In six months, when I go to the airport, I have a seat on this plane because I have this confirmation note. So what faith is, is faith is believing something because you have a confirmation in his word that God is faithful. So faith says, I can believe it even though I haven't seen it yet. I know that even though things are tough right now, I know my God provides. So I have faith in my provider, even though I haven't seen it yet, I know when I get there, provision will be there. I know when I book that flight that when I get to the airport, it's not going to be like, oh, you, you didn't have a flight? Oh, yes, yes, I did. Here's the paper. Here's my seat number. Here it is. This is the confirmation. So when you need confirmation, if you have your faith in God, this is your confirmation. Faith means you believe it before you see it. Right? Look at Hebrews eleven six. This is why faith is important. It is impossible to please God without faith. How many want to please God? You can't do it without walking by faith. Because without faith, it's impossible. If you don't exercise faith, if you only believe everything that you see, you will not be able to please God. Because you have to believe things by faith. Now, it doesn't mean, I've, you know, I know there's been a lot of views on this thing. It doesn't mean that you have this extreme thing that you could say whatever you want, do whatever you want, and faith says it's just going to happen. You have to have your faith in the Word of God. You can have your faith. Listen, if your faith is in, uh, I was going to say the weather man, but I, I don't know if anybody here is a weather guy. You know, hey, he can be off. Right? So you can put your faith in people and what they say and how they're going to respond, but it's always not going to be accurate. But with God, he's a God, it says in his word, he does not lie, he doesn't change. So we can have faith, but we have to have faith, but it has to be in him. So we believe by faith. Look at this next scripture. Faith believes, John 20, verse 24. One of the 12 disciples, Thomas, nicknamed the twin, was not with the others when Jesus came. Then they told him, we have seen the Lord, but he replied, I won't believe unless I see the nail wounds in his hands. Put my fingers in them, place my hand in the wounds in his side. Here's what he's saying. I'm not going to believe even if I just see the hole. I got to put my finger in it. I'm like, Thomas, seriously, that's kind of gross. 
Eight days later, the disciples were together again, and this time Thomas was with them. The doors were locked, but suddenly, as before, Jesus was standing among them. Peace be with him, he said. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here, look at my hands, or put your, yeah, put your hand in the wound in my side. Don't be faithless any longer. Here's what he was saying. Without faith, meaning don't be unbelieving any longer. Okay? Don't be faithless, but do what? Believe. Believe. My Lord and my God, Thomas exclaimed. Then Jesus told him, you have believed because you've seen me. Blessed are those who believe without seeing. How many of you believe in God? How many of you have seen God? That took faith. It took faith. For you to believe, you're believing in someone you can't see. How could you explain that? Someone's saying, listen, how do you know there's a God? Because? Because there is. Have you ever seen him? No. What does he look like? I don't know. But you believe in him. Yeah. Have you ever heard his audible voice? Well, not audible, but I heard something I think might have been him. I mean, you understand, it's, it's, it naturally, people could get concerned like, oh, okay. Do you know when you pray, you're by yourself, you're praying, and you don't see anybody, but you're praying to a God that you believe is there? That's faith. Otherwise, people think, hey, he's talking to himself. No, that's faith. I believe that the word says when I call upon him, he hears me and he answers me. That takes faith. Look at Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. This is how we even get saved. God saved you by his grace when you believed, by grace through faith. And you can't take credit for it. It's a gift from God. It's not a reward for the good things you've done, so none of us can boast about it. The way you're saved is by faith through the grace of God. It's grace, God's grace through your faith that brings salvation. If you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, you will be saved. That's what the scripture says. So there's, there's that, both of those happening. Now look at Romans 4.20. Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger, and in this he brought glory to God. Abraham went through some stuff, and he didn't see everything right away. He had promises for him that didn't happen right away. But it says he believed and his faith grew stronger. Even before he saw it, his faith was getting stronger and stronger because faith believes. It's a believing kind of faith. Look at Mark 9, 14 through 29. When they returned to the other disciples, they saw a large crowd surrounding them and some teachers of the religious law were arguing with them. When the crowd saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with awe and they ran to greet him. What is all this arguing about, Jesus asked. One of, the, one of the men in the crowd spoke up and said, Teacher, I brought my son so you could heal him. He's possessed by an evil spirit that won't let him talk. And whenever the spirit seizes him, it throws him violently to the ground. Then he foams at the mouth, grinds his teeth, and becomes rigid. So I asked your disciples to cast out the evil spirits, but they couldn't do it. Jesus said to them, You faithless people. You know who he's talking to? like Jesus that's a little stern could you imagine being the disciples oh so we're following you all around and this is how you're going to treat us we left our nets we followed you and you're going to call us that he says this how long must I be with you how long must I put up with you bring the boy to me so they brought the boy 
But when the evil spirit saw Jesus, it threw the child in a violent convulsion and he fell to the ground, writhing and foaming at the mouth. How long has this been happening, Jesus asked the boy's father. He replied, since he was a little boy. The spirit often throws himself to the fire, into water, trying to kill him. Have mercy on us and help us if you can. What do you mean, if I can? Jesus asked, anything, listen to these three words, or five, six, seven. Wow, I'm, I'm way off. Anything is possible if a person believes. So let me ask you a question. How many believers are in here? For you, anything is possible. You can put anything in there because anything means anything. Well, yeah, anything is possible except like. There is no except like. Anything is possible if a person believes. Let's keep going. The father instantly cried out, I do believe, but listen to this. I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. What a great statement. Because there's areas that I believe God. But there are times where I, where I think, okay, Lord, help me in areas when it gets really big. And if there is any unbelief, just help me with that. I believe, help me with my unbelief. Because, again, you're going to find that, that you'll find out in the difficulty what you believe. Not when everything's fine. If you believe, if you believe God's going to provide for you, it's easy to believe that when you have money in the bank and you have a good job and everything's fine. If you lose that, now you're going to really find out what you believe. Because what makes something mature and what we talked about and we're going to be talking about more, it's not just talking about it. It's walking it out. It needs to affect how you talk and how you walk to really know where your faith level is at. So that's what we're going to be getting into. Matthew 8, verse 5 through 13. When Jesus returned to Capernaum, a Roman officer came in and pleaded with him, Lord, my young servant lies in bed paralyzed and in terrible pain. Jesus said, I will come and heal him. But the officer said, Lord, I'm not worthy to have you come into my home. Just say the word from where you are and my servant will be healed. I know this because I'm under authority of my superior offices and I have authority over my soldiers. And I only need to say go and they go, come and they come. And if I say to my slaves, do this and they do it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed. And turning to those who were following him, he said, I tell you the truth. I haven't seen faith like this in all of Israel. Faith that actually says, Jesus, you can just say it because I believe in your words. I believe in the power that you have, that you don't even have to come to my house and lay hands on this servant. You can just say it, and I believe it'll happen. And Jesus said, that's, I haven't seen faith like that in all of Israel. That's faith, to believe God at his word. Because this is what God says. This is spoken. This is the mouth of God right here. This is his words. A lot of, one author, a lot of writers, but it's all was God breathed this whole book. All right? So now let's get into this. Let's look at Matthew 21, verse 21 and 22. And I'm just going to kind of go through this and then we'll talk a little bit about it. Jesus told them, I tell you the truth, if you have faith and don't doubt, you can do things like this and much more. Jesus had just come along and, and there was a fig tree wasn't produced and he had just cursed this fig tree and it died just like that. I mean, he's, his words were just, boom, you say it, it happens. He said, you can do things like this and much more. You can even say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea and it'll happen. You can pray for anything and if you have faith, you'll receive it. 
All right. Faith. Prayer of faith. You can pray for anything and you'll receive it. Okay, we're going to get into some things here that may answer some questions if you do have it. But let's go to the next verse. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. We're talking about faith speaking. Go to the next verse and then we'll come back to this one. Go to, yeah. But when we continue to preach because we, we have the same kind of faith that the psalmist had when he said, I believe in God, so I what? Right. I believe in God, so I speak. When all this stuff started happening, the church is flooding, all this stuff's going on. Okay, everything's going crazy. We're trying to get everything clean. You know what? I had to realize and I had to say, God, this is your church. You're taking care of this. I'm not going to worry about any of the costs. I'm not going to worry about how, what do we do. We made some phone calls. We made the right, I think we made the right decisions. We got, we got people working on it. It's, it's all going to be good. But every day I get faced with decisions just like you do that I have to bring God on the scene for me. And remember, wait a minute, I'm not by myself in this. And this is what God says, and because I believe in what God says, then I speak. I speak what he says. That's why we started this service. Well, I don't know exactly how it was when we started because I was back with the plumber. But in, when I started my part, I said, no weapon formed against us will prosper. Why did I say that? Because his word says it. Why do I say the righteous are never forsaken? Because his word says it. Why do I say we're children of God? Because his word says it. So because God says it and I believe it, therefore I'll speak it. If you know the word, you'll know what to speak. If you don't know the word, you're not going to know what to speak. Now it's not, you know, there have been movements and I'm not dogging any movements, but there have been some that people say this whole name it, claim it thing. But I'm telling you, if it's in the word, if it's in the word, you're allowed to speak it. But it doesn't mean that you go speaking, that right there, that truck, that's my truck. Jesus' name, that's my truck. No, that's somebody else's truck. You're stealing. Okay, there's no faith in that because it doesn't line up with the word. You're saying stuff that doesn't say it's not what God said. If you're going to speak about a situation you're going through, you speak what the word of God tells you. Man, I'm struggling with this. You know what? But my God supplies all of my needs. According to his riches. That's what God said. I will make it. Why? Because God said, I will make it. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and they'll be safe. You know what, God? I'm running to you and you're going to keep me safe. That's, that's where we get That's where we get going. That's where we're like, okay, this thing is, this is it. I believe in the word. I'm going to speak the word. I'm not afraid. I'm not, I'm not ashamed. All right, so we keep, we keep doing that. Let's keep, now, let's go back to Romans 10, 17. It says, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word. W-O-R-D, that word in that verse is not logos, meaning the written word. It's rhema, which means spoken word. So faith comes by hearing, hearing the spoken word of God. Sometimes I would encourage you, when you're doing your daily time in the word, I would encourage you sometimes to read out loud. Obviously, if you're in the... Starbucks, or if you're, you know, in a public place, you know, you don't have to do it really loud. You don't have to prove anything. The Lord is good. I mean, that's, that could be distracting. But you can, at times, when you're driving down the road, you can begin to just speak what the words that you know, the scriptures you know. Just speak them out. If you're believing God for something, speak the word. Speak the word. Speak the word. 
You can't speak the word if you don't know the word. So you got to get in the word so you know what to speak. When I face difficulty, I'm telling you, the first thing that I'm going to try to speak is this. Remembering what God said. All right? Now, let's go down to walk by faith. This is where we're going to get into it. 2 Corinthians 5, 7. For we live by believing, not by seeing. The one translation says we walk by faith, not by sight. Okay, that's, that's us. Believers, we walk by faith, not by sight. Let's look at some, let's look at some more scriptures here. James 1.22. Don't just listen to the word, but you must what? There's an action there. Doing what it says. Walk it out. Walk out what the word of God says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. Keep going. How foolish, can't you see that faith without good deeds is useless? It's one thing to have faith. It's another thing to walk that faith out, to walk it out. Walk it out means, listen, if, if God spoke to you about something and it doesn't look like, well, I don't know how that's going to happen. Listen, walk it out. If God spoke to you, walk it out. You know, I'll just, I'll stop here to tell you when Patty and I felt the Lord call us away from our jobs and we didn't know what we were going to do. We just knew we had to leave our jobs. Our income, two, two incomes, gone because the Lord said. Didn't tell us what we were doing. Okay, that's the, that's the biggest, one of the biggest faith steps I've ever taken. It's put my whole family on the line. All right, Patty, I feel like we're supposed to leave where we are. What are we going to do? I have no idea. She prays about it. All right, we do it. Here we are, God. Now what? Just trust me. From the moment we left to when we had our first service was 10 months. 10 months of no income from our jobs. No jobs, basically. 10 months. Listen, I'm telling you, if you do that without hearing from the Lord, that's just dumb. But the Lord said, so we stepped out. And we stepped out and we waited. Now, can I be honest and say, listen, I knew we heard from God and I was confident. But were there moments that the enemy was thinking like, hey, uh, you got, you're going to have some problems here, bro. You still got bills coming. We, 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 we're walking through something thinking, okay, I'm not going to get a job. The Lord told me he's got something for us, but I sure don't see it happening. Along the journey, we kept walking. By faith. We didn't get nervous. We just, we kept going. We kept living like we were living. We kept giving. We didn't just say, well, we got to hold on to everything now because we're in trouble. But right, listen, we're going to keep going. And we did. And I can tell you, God's faithful. He's faithful when you walk out what he says. You can't just say, well, I have faith to believe. Well, then step out. Whoa, 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 whoa. I know God will take care of me. Then be obedient. Well, I'm waiting to make sure something else comes in. Listen, if I waited to find out what our ministry and what God was going to do and what we were going to be doing next, that would have taken no faith. And I would not be who I am today. Because when you take a step of faith and you see God's faithfulness, then the next step is even easier. 
and the next step will be even easier. And you begin to just trust God, and you do like David did and say, the same God that rescued me from the lion, the same God that rescued me from the bear will deliver me from this Philistine. And you look back at God's faithfulness, and you will just keep going, and you will keep going, and you'll keep going. And it's happening. We've made big faith decisions in this church as a council. We've made, we're recently, we're in the process of making decisions. And we've actually made some decisions by faith. And God's always been faithful. Always. So we got to walk it out. Let's keep going. Hebrews 10, 35 and 36. Do not throw away this confident trust or faith that you have in the Lord. Remember the great reward it brings. Patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will. Then you will receive all that he's promised. Patience, endurance. Patient endurance. It's what you need. Don't give up. Just because you're not seeing something now. Because it takes faith and you have it. Listen, the Bible says God's given each of us a measure of faith. And it takes very little faith to move a mountain. Faith of a mustard seed. If I held a mustard seed up right now, you wouldn't see it. That's how little it is. So it doesn't take a lot. But the faith that God's given each of us a measure of. What we need to do is is keep remembering how to activate that and how to walk in that. Let's look at a few examples. Look at Genesis 21, 1 through 5. Sometime later, God tested Abraham's faith. Tested what? Abraham's. There you go. Abraham, God called. Yes, he replied. Here I am. Take your son, your only son. Yes, Isaac, whom you love so much. Go to the land of Moriah. Go and sacrifice him as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I will show you. The next morning, Abraham got up early, saddled his donkey, took two of his servants with him. Along with his son, Isaac, chopped wood for a fire and for a burnt offering and set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day of their journey, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. Stay here with the donkey, Abraham told the servants. The boy and I will travel a little farther. We will worship there, and then we will come right back. Here's the deal. Isaac, if you read before, God had already told Abraham, you're going to have a son. Okay, and that son is going to be, you are going to be a father of many nations because that son will have offspring more than the 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 um, outnumber the grains of sand in the and uh, the stars in the sky. Just talking about you. Listen, bunch of descendants from this son. Okay, that's what that's what the promise was for Isaac. Was given to Abraham about Isaac. So now here it is that hasn't happened yet. And the Lord, God tells Isaac to go, basically, take out your son as a sacrifice. Here's what Abraham did. He got everything he needed, and he walked up the mountain. But there was something in him that said, God's going to take care of us somehow. He's going to raise him up, but I believe what God said. And there's a promise for Isaac that has yet to come to pass. So I'm going to walk out in obedience by faith trusting that God is a God of his word and he's going to do a miracle. Something's going to happen. Either he's going to provide at the last minute or he's going to raise him back up from the dead. So he tells his servants, we're going to go, and then he says this, and we are going to come back. That's faith. When, the, when, when God just told you you're going to go up there and sacrifice your son and you tell all the other people, hey, I'm going up, we are going up here, but we are coming back. That means there's something in you that thinks there's going to be a way where there seems to be no way. God will make a way, but we're coming back because there's a promise for him that God has that's yet to be fulfilled. 
Now, how do I know that? Look at Hebrews 11. Look at this scripture. It was by faith Abraham offered Isaac as a sacrifice when God was testing him. Abraham, who had received God's promises, was ready to sacrifice his only son, Isaac. Even though God had told him, Isaac is the son through, through whom your descendants will be counted. Abraham reasoned that as Isaac died, God was able to bring him back to life again. And in a sense, Abraham did receive his son back from the dead. So when he went up there, Abraham knew God will raise him up. But there's a promise. And it will be fulfilled because God said it. And I'm going to walk in obedience what seems opposite of what's supposed to happen. But it's because I trust my God. I'm going to walk it out. That's what he did. Now let's look at, let's look at another one. Look at uh, Matthew 14, 28 and 29. This is a story where the disciples are in the boat. And, and uh, this, the boat's out in the middle of the sea. Here comes Jesus on the water. Peter calls out to him, Lord, if that's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. Now, I just, I just kind of saw this this week. Do you know what I probably would have said? What probably most of us would have said? Lord, is that you? That would be sufficient. Peter, who we'll see, was a man of faith. Peter says, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come walking on the water. It wasn't enough just to say, is it you? He's like, if it's you, tell me, and I'll walk out there. And what did Jesus say? Look at the next verse. Jesus said, Yes, come. So Peter went over the side of the boat. What did Peter do? He went over the side of the boat. There was no angels, oh, we got you, Peter, oh, on the water. No, Peter had to make a decision that because God said, Jesus said, come, he is literally going to get ready to do something that naturally he cannot do and no one but Jesus had done before. He made a decision based on Jesus speaking to him, saying, yes, come. I guarantee you, the other disciples, because none of them said anything, but I guarantee they were like, oh, oh shoot. Yeah. Oh, boy. Peter, Peter, Peter. Oh, boy. Get the, get the, uh, get the life-saving ring. Let me just get it ready. Get ready to grab Peter. He's literally going off the side of the boat. Look at him. Peter, what are you? I guarantee they were probably like, what are you doing? But you know what Peter did? He walked it out. He walked out what Jesus told him. He didn't. See, this is where people get mixed up with faith. Some people say, have faith, go walk on water. I'm going to tell you right now, I have faith that I can walk on water if Jesus tells me, come walk on water. But I don't have faith that I can just walk on water because I want to do something super spiritual. Because I'll tell you, I've seen preachers swim with great faith. I know a pastor who literally took off. He was feeling spiritual. God, I believe you. I believe you. I wasn't there, but I heard it. I've heard about it. Now, hey, I respect a heart that you trusted like that. But I'm just telling you, if Jesus doesn't say it, don't put your faith in it. The faith message gets torn up because we put it in the category that anything you believe for, you just got to have. What the Bible says is that when you believe in what Jesus says, you can have those things. When you believe in the word, that's what you're going to receive. 
not just your ideas or, or whatever it is. So there's this walking up. But Peter literally went off the edge of the boat. And Peter walked on water. Amazing. He walked on water because he, he acted on the word of God. All right. Look at Mark 5, 34 to 36. There was this woman who had the issue of blood, and she had been to doctors, spent all her money on doctors. She's had it for over 12 years. Doctors could do nothing. There's nothing she could do. But in in chapter 5 of Mark, it says this, before we get to this verse, but you'll see here in a second. Before this verse, it says that she heard about Jesus, which means somebody had to tell her. But she heard about Jesus, and she says, I need to get to Jesus. So here's what she does. She gets to Jesus. She, goes, she has to go through the crowd. She's unclean because of this disease, but she's literally on the ground trying to get through this crowd of people because wherever Jesus went, there ended up being crowds. She got through just to touch the hem of his garment. That's it. She wasn't trying to get in the prayer line, do anything. She was just, if I could just touch him. And she did, and she was healed as soon as she did. And, and Jesus could feel he didn't feel like, oh, someone touched. These people were touching him all the time. There was a crowd of people around him. But he knew, hey, someone just withdrew something by faith. And he stopped and he said, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. Now, let's go to the next verse. While he was, while he was still speaking to her, messengers arrived from the home of Jairus. Now, Jairus had come to Jesus earlier and said, hey, my daughter is sick. I need you to come to my house. And Jesus said, okay, I will. On the way to Jairus' house is when this lady gets to Jesus and touches him of his garment and gets healed. So they kind of delayed Jesus a little bit. Now the leader, uh, the people from Jairus come and they say, listen, your daughter, she's dead and there's no use in troubling the teacher now. Look at Jesus' response in the next verse. But Jesus overheard them and said to Jairus, Don't be afraid, just have faith. Which means Jesus saying, I have the final call. So listen, you keep believing. You heard, I mean, what he was praying for, she wasn't even alive anymore. But Jesus says, keep believing. And then he ends up, you read the rest of the story, he goes to her house, he prays, and he raises her up. So it's, there's something to it. Let's go to Luke 17, verse 14. This is where the ten lepers, he looked at them and said, go show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed of the lepers. Ten lepers, they come to Jesus, they want to be healed. Jesus says, go show yourself to the priest. Now, if you understand back then, these people that had leprosy, they were, they were unclean. And they couldn't go, they couldn't be in society. And if they were healed or anything happened and they were cleansed, they had to go show themselves to the priest. And the priest had to declare that, okay, you are fully cleansed. You are good to go back with your family and be part of society. But that had to come from the priest. So here's what Jesus is saying. Go show yourself to the priest. Go to the place where they have to tell you that you're clean. Go there even before you're clean. He tells them to go there, and they still have it. But it says, as they went, they were healed somewhere on the journey. I wish I could tell you why some people don't get healed like that. I don't know. But it's not just about healing. It's also about provision. It's about hope. It's about emotions. It's about security. It's about, uh, I mean, um, 
provision. It's about all of it. Everything that God has for you has to come back to faith. Because your relationship with God starts with your faith. His grace and your faith. But on the way, these lepers are healed. But did it make sense to, to, to go to the priest at the moment when God tells you when you still have leprosy? Doesn't make sense. They could have turned around and said, Jesus, hello, we're not allowed. But they didn't. They just they walked out out of obedience. Out of obedience. See, sometimes the issue isn't a matter of faith. The issue is, are we knowing what is God saying to us? Because it's the obedience of doing what he says. Listen, everybody else that was sick could have went to the priest, but they wouldn't have been healed because that's not what Jesus told them to do. One person that was blind, he spit in the dirt and put mud in their eyes. That doesn't mean if you have to go pray for some blind person, hey, give me some mud. I saw Jesus do this. No, because it's not about that. It's about obedience to what God tells you to do, and you do it. And do it by faith. And then Luke 5, 4 through 7, Peter's out there fishing. And he comes in, he's been fishing all day, and Jesus says, can we use your boat? And he preaches to the, to the crowds, and then he tells Peter, take your boat back out. He said, we've been fishing out there, and we didn't catch anything. But then Peter says this, because you say so, I'll do it. And he goes back out and catches more fish than they could handle, that they had to call another boat out there to help with all the fish. Why? Because they were obedient. Peter was right. We've been out there all day. I'm sure there's... Still, it's the same water. It's the same place we were just at. No fish out there right now. But Jesus knew, and he told them what to do. They did it, and it happened. It's walking by faith. Walking by faith. I'm going to tell you, more and more in the life that we live, walking by faith is it's, it's a, it's a daily thing for us. I don't always feel saved. I don't always feel like God hears everything I say, but I know he does because his word says he does. I don't always feel like, you know, I, I know that what I'm supposed to do and how I'm supposed to do it, but I know God knows, and I know he's the one that's using me. So I, I don't have to have all the answers. I just have to be connected to the one who has all the answers and believe that he has the answers, so it's okay if I don't have them. Just, it's trust, and it's belief. But we have to, we have to learn to walk by faith. We have to. You can't please God without it. Now, look at these scriptures as we, as we, as we finish. Hebrews 6, 11, and 12. Our greatest desire is that you will keep loving others as long as life lasts in order to make certain that what you hope for will come true. Then you will not become spiritually dull and indifferent. Instead, you will follow the examples of those who are going to inherit God's promises because of their faith and their endurance. Faith and endurance. One translation says faith and patience inherit the promise. Sometimes it just takes time. You plant a seed in the ground, you don't get a whole tree the next day. Sometimes it takes time. It takes time, but you can't get discouraged. Galatians 6, 9 says this, let's not get tired of doing what's good. At just the right time, we'll reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. We, we can. I'm just going to tell you, and, and this is, I believe this is of the Lord, but I'm telling you, there are going to be, as you grow and mature, there are going to be steps of faith that you're asked to take because of your walk with God. It's just going to happen. And the more you get to know him, the easier it is to trust him. 
Do you know when I held my kids, they never wrapped their hands around my neck like, don't drop me, daddy, don't drop me. Because I've never dropped them. I don't think. I don't think I did. But they don't, you know, and for you as parents, for those who are parents, you have young kids, when you pick them up, they're not grabbing your neck. No, you know what? They're playing and just enjoying the fact that you got them. Because they trust you. That's how we should be. We should be able to just trust God. Now, let me say this, because I know even in here, and I know in my own life, I'm believing God for miraculous things right now. Still. And I've not seen the full manifestation of it. And I don't have all the answers, and and I'm not going to start throwing blame, because here's what I know. I'm going to walk by faith no matter what. No matter what. Because the word says. But I know this, if I pull away from God, I got no hope. But if I choose to put my faith in God and to continue to walk by faith, I believe him. I believe his word. But I have, in studying this, I realize for me too, is I, I have to look at myself and say, okay, what is God saying to me? Because there's a lot of people in this world that believe something only because someone told them. Your belief has to be in that God told you. My, what I'd say to you, this is what I'm believing, you can't put your faith in me. Well, because God says, that's what I'm going to do. No. You have to know what is God telling you. And you make the decision that you're going to grow and mature in the things of God and continue to build yourself up by speaking God's word and not getting discouraged at things that you don't see. Not getting discouraged when, when things seem to not go right. Here I am speaking, oh man, we're going to mature, we're going to grow, all this stuff. And then it seems like in the next week all this stuff is happening that seems to go opposite of what I've been praying and believing God for. But I'm understanding, okay, but, that's, but this is where my faith comes in. Do I really believe this? That when pressure comes against it, do I have enough to stand? That's why I said earlier, Proverbs 24.10, it says, when, you're, when you fall apart, it means your strength is too small. I didn't say that. That's the Bible. So if every time you face difficulty, you fall apart, I'm just telling you this. You're looking at your strength. And what you're supposed to do in your weakness is look at the strength that God has for you. Because if your strength falls apart, then you're relying on you. I told you, pathway to maturity. We're going to talk about it. I don't have it all together. I'm not trying to be harsh or difficult. I'm just saying I don't have it all together either. I'm growing up. I'm understanding. I want to make sure my faith is solid in what the Word says and what I'm getting from the Word and what my God is speaking to me, not just because someone else says this is what you should believe. But I know this, that God is a miracle-working God, that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all I could ever ask or think. And Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So to think that we can't experience things that are, that are miraculous or things that are bigger than what we could just imagine on our own, the Word says we can. Because that's the God that we serve. But we got to walk it out. 
Look at this last verse, Proverbs, or uh, Psalms, I mean, 77. Moses, this is talking about when Moses was at the Red Sea and how the Red Sea party. He said, when the Red Sea saw you, O God, its water looked and trembled. The sea quaked to its very depths. The clouds poured down rain and the thunder rumbled in the sky. Your arrows in the, and of the lightning flashed. Your thunder roared from the whirlwind. The lightning lit up the world. The earth trembled and shook. Look at this verse. Your road led through the sea. Your pathway through the mighty waters. Do you remember when Moses gets to the thing and he strikes the rod and the Red Sea parts? Right? There was a path there. Look at the end of this verse when it talks about that. It says a path that no one knew was there. This is where I want you to begin to put your faith. Just because you don't see a path doesn't mean there's not one there. Just because you don't see how you can get out of this doesn't mean you can't get out of it. Just because you think there's no hope for you doesn't mean there's not hope for you. Because Moses got to a big old sea that was all water, knowing there's no way we can cross this. But God said, listen, there's a path there that nobody knows. God knew that path was there the whole time. God planned the whole time to open it up for him. But they didn't see it until they got there. And when they got there and they were obedient to his word, God said, take your staff and strike it. He struck the water and it parted. But the Bible says the path was there the whole time, but nobody knew. So I want to encourage you, whatever you're believing God for, whatever step of faith you're taking, whatever steps of faith you have been taking, I'm just telling you there is a path laid out for you. God makes a way where there seems to be no way. Listen, Thrive wasn't even in existence But to God, it was. When he told us to step away from our jobs, he had a plan. I didn't, so it was faith for me. But I had to trust. All right. Okay. I still don't see anything. And I'm, I'm, I'm stuck now. I couldn't go back if I wanted to. I left. I don't know where I'm at. I don't know what your plan is. But I trust you. I trust you. But you know, the whole time before God ever asked me to take a step, he already knew. He had already seen the whole picture. Remember old school? And some of you may still use it. Remember, and I've used this before. Remember the old school map quest? If I'm going to go to your house, you give me directions, and I have, I have it all laid out right here. Left, right, right, left, right, straight, left, cross the bridge, turn left, right there, the destination on the right. I can look here and say, oh, okay, well, it'll be right there. Oh, I, I know exactly where that's at. But now, now, we got the GPS. You know what it says? Take a left in two miles. And then that's it. You can sit there and talk all day. What do I do after that? I'll tell you once you turn. I'm telling you, that's, that's, the, that's different. It's easy when you see it all and you know everything and how it's all going to work. You got it all in front of you. Listen, I cheat. On my GPS, I cheat. I hit the instructions and I scroll down and make sure it's taking me there. Because I don't have as much faith in that thing. But there are times for me that God said, here's how God did it with me. It wasn't MapQuest, it was GPS. And he said this, leave where you are. Then what? You're going to have to leave where you are to know what's after that. Trust me. Trust me. I promise you, 
God's word is the truth. And all I'm asking you is to dig deep and get in this word and let God speak to you. And when he does, believe it.